This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told. On this fine podcast where I talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. And today we have a fantastic episode. I speak to my buddy Jordan Black of Lake Pacific, an underrated band. He says it himself. They are an underrated band. They have a brand new album in spite of me. It just came out, I want to say like a week ago. It's a terrific record, a record that is, it's bangers, man. It is bangers, bangers, bangers. Go check out the record at your convenience. It's on, you know, Spotify and they made vinyl and the whole everything. How do you listen to your music? They got you covered. Like Pacific 2018, that's the hashtag. At least that's the hashtag I'm saying. Because this band is awesome and welcome to a great conversation with their lead singer in Jordan Black. Before we get into that, I want to say thank you again to everybody for listening to this. Last week with Tyler Carter was amazing, a guy that doesn't step, you know, on the the interview side of things too often. I want to thank Tyler again so much for doing it. And to be honest with you, I was pretty busy on Warp Tour. I got a bunch more conversations that I did on Warp Tour that I'm going to bust out over the coming weeks. Some other very, very exciting guests, some of the you know most famous guests uh, I've had, which is always a cool thing, you know, to grow this thing, keep this thing going, keep this thing growing, as I always say. So very, very exciting stuff. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and you're subscribed so you don't miss all the great stuff we have coming up. If you want to get in touch, feel free. Lead singer syndrome at gmail.com. Also on all the social media accounts. Make sure you check out the All Access Club as well if you want to support the show, if you want more content, if you want more interaction with me, if you want to be friends with a whole bunch of other sinners, as I call you guys. Check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for as little as $6 a month. It gets you in. And see, I just made my own coffee in my own kitchen, 
So I don't have to worry about that coffee money, you know? That's what I'm just asking for one coffee money per month. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Anyways, check it out again, the link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. So I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, and tonight I'm heading over to Europe for a very short tour. We're playing four festivals in Germany, and that's it. (laughs) Flying all the way there, doing that, and coming back with my band Silverstein, of course. Uh, So yeah, if you guys are in Germany, I know we have quite a few German listeners. Be sure to check out those festivals coming up this weekend. If you are stateside, ooh, do I have a tour for you? I gotta say, the response has been overwhelming with this thing. We put up the dates, we put up the tickets in VIP, and people absolutely freaked out. We are playing our first album, 15-year anniversary of the first album, When Broken is Easily Fixed, from start to finish, including a greatest hit set. Tickets are on sale now at whenbrokeniseasilyfixed.com, and I got to tell you, they are selling like hotcakes, and I am not bullshitting you at all. They, for real, are going off the shelves quickly. Some of the shows are over half sold out, and that's after just them being up for like three days now. So don't sleep on tickets if you want to see Silverstein and you want to hear us play our first album from start to finish. And I almost forgot, while I'm on the subject, we are coming back to Europe with Anti-Flag and Cancer Bats. It's going to be an awesome tour. So if you're anywhere in mainland Europe, try to make it out. That is another tour not to be missed. Shout out to my sinners all over the world. I love you. Thank you for the support. Now let's get in to this week's episode with lead singer and skateboard phenom, Jordan Black of Lake Pacific. No, not scared, Hello. Hello. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. Alive and well. Alive and well in in yeah. uh, in in a- Ajax, Toronto. Where are you? I'm in Toronto right now. I'm in the East End. The East End. Yes, yes. Any Toronto listeners may know the separation that we have between the East Side and the West Side of the city. Like I grew up in the West Side, and I just don't even recognize the East Side as like a thing at all. <laughs> I feel like that's everyone who grew up in the West, though. Like they Maybe, don't, yeah. they don't. It's like the same with the, like it's the same with the East. Like I don't know anything about the West, and like I don't think I've ever gone past like Etobicoke really, unless it was to Hamilton to some weird show at This Ain't Hollywood. <laughs> right. I like that venue actually. <laughs> it's uh, actually super sick. But no, you're right, and it's funny. Even you know, one of the major intersections of Toronto, like two of the, the main streets, uh, are Young and Eglinton, right? And, and you know, those are two that's where biggest... I, that's actually where I live. Oh, you you live up there? Okay. Yeah. I, I, honestly, that is more foreign to me than most U.S. cities. Yeah, it's whack. It's like a bunch of weird startups and like people coming like, commuting from out of town. So it's just like very, very fucking weird. <laughs> that's good. Well, hey man, thanks for uh, being here and, and taking the time. Uh, I know I disturbed you from a, a value village trip. <laughs> which it's is... all good. I. I need a break, I think, so it's, I think we're good. Too much vintage stuff? Can't handle anymore? 
Uh, yeah, I basically have two apartments right now because, <laughs> like, uh, I just have too much shit, you know? Like, I've been thrifting too much, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. And Macklemore would be proud. Uh, so, so it's a, we, we're speaking at a great time, uh, and we've been planning on talking for – a couple of years, you know, doing this show. I know, I know you're a listener and, and, uh, and, and all that. And it's really great to have you, but you just dropped a new song, new yep. record, uh, is coming out. Uh, what is it? July? Is it 27th? Yeah. July 27th. Yeah. Uh, in spite of me on pure noise records. So we're talking at like kind of a rad time because there's lots to talk about. I think it, it worked out for the better that we did it now and not like fucking, you know, like in the dead of winter when I was bored and just like, it was like, let's do it now. I've got, to, I got to do something. I got to talk. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely. So, uh, you must be excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. I think this is like, uh, you know, every person in a band says, this is the best stuff we've done yet. Like, cause you obviously want it to be anyways, but I feel like this is truly the best stuff we've done. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. No, definitely. And you know, we have a common theme on this show, and when I talk to younger bands, uh, you know, I know you're not a young, young buck exactly, but I know you guys have been doing it since 2010, I mean, but, you know, when you talk about your second full-length album, it is always the make or break. Oh, it is, yeah. Almost you can hit that every... sophomore slump hard, so. Oh, yeah, right, the sophomore slump. That is a real term, and very few bands have, have managed to put out a, a sophomore record that is, you know, uh for lack of a better word, bad, and have been able to really recover and have a good career. And so far from the two songs you've put out, it seems like this record is fire. Yeah. I am <laughs> really you. feeling the two songs so far. Um, are these are these songs, uh, the two songs are, are sedatives and In Spite of Me, the title track, uh, are those songs indicative of kind of what the record is, is all about? Uh, or does the record take, you know, some ups and downs, uh, uh, you know, the peaks and valleys as it, as it may? Uh, I think it has the exact same energy throughout the whole thing. Um, oh, cool. Like, I like uh, those two songs, so which is cool because everyone's kind of like, you know, when, when the band puts out like their like best songs to get the attention and then someone hears the rest of the record and they're like, oh, like they can like take it or leave it kind of thing. For us, sure. I think that we were like, you know, I think In Spite of Me was like, the fucking banger for sure but then we were like sedatives is a really good song so i was like let's do that as well we didn't want to pick like the absolute bangers and put them out because i want everyone to hear it and be like holy shit this record has a ton of stuff going on so yeah it's kind of like like the last record was like very out of my realm it was a little it was a little poppier than i expected okay, okay. <laughs> like the finished product and then people would always be like oh it's cool but it does it it translates weird like it translates weird because you sing on this record and it's kind of poppy, but then live that you're like yelling it and right. like emotion behind it. And I was like, well, that's what I wanted out of it, but it didn't really like, you know, didn't do well. So like in my head it didn't. So I was like, all right, let's make it like faster and angrier and whatnot. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, I think that happens, you know, because so many bands, you know, they cut their teeth in, in kind of a scene like you guys did, you know, in the Toronto area, you know, sure. You're playing some shows Right, you're playing in some shitty like hall with yeah. not really any good monitors here and there, but a lot of times you kind of can't really hear yourself when you're yeah. playing. Then you you start working on you know your craft in the studio, and sometimes those things I think people don't understand they can be very different uh, creatively. Yeah, the spaces like, are very different. It's it's you know how I heard the songs in my head, 
you know, I record it, but then how the way it, it came out, and this is like nothing to do with like a producer or like a recording engineer or anything. It's just the fact that like how it, like the finished product was it, to me, it was a little different. So like obviously live, I did it the way that I wanted to do it, which is it. It honestly wasn't much different. Maybe just a little raspier. Like this, it's not like right, the songs right. were stripped down or they changed. It's just that I feel like that was like comfortable for me, but it's like the sound I wanted out of the whole thing. And then finally, the, we were like, why don't we just do exactly what we want to do and you know, it's not like anyone was telling us what to do. So we were like, why don't, why don't we just do it? And so with this record, we, it has that overall like angrier, faster energy, which is funny because a lot of bands, like, especially in like the pop punk realm of things will kind of go the poppy route, which is completely fine because I like, you know, I love that. So it's, it's cool. But I feel like we were like, well, you know, no one's really sticking to this anymore or doing like the whole like punk beat thing. So like, why don't we just, why don't we just do it? Why don't we do something we want to do, you know? Right, the punk beat thing. I love that. And yeah. <laughs> um, to go back to my high school uh, career, and I was class of two thousand, so I'm a little bit older than uh, than you. Uh, I was a punk just rock a little bit. Beat, I was a punk rock beat fucking junkie for years, <laughs> dude. If it was yeah. like not double time, you know, go if it didn't sound like that, I was skipping the track, dude. I was I all you. about it. So for for me to, to, to for it to be 2018, uh, and and a band on their second record with a lot of heat, you guys uh, is putting out a song like that. I am like beside myself, loving it. And you know, in spite of me, is just I'm like this is great, man, because this works for me. And apparently, uh, this is what younger people are into now too. So I feel great about the punk beat. That's exactly what I wanted too. I feel like. Uh, you know, it has that fast-paced aggressiveness that, like, you know, I'm not going to say older, because you're not much older than me. I mean, ha- wait, you're, how old are you right now? I'm 37. Okay, I'm 27, so you're 10 years older than me. Okay. But even still, like, I think we like the, you know, very similar music, if not the same music. So, like, I get the older crowd in this kind of scene liking our stuff, and then the younger crowd is, like, like the truer fans that are, you know, are like on us, like you're watching our every move, which like it's cool to have like both sides, you know? Totally. You know, and, and but there are still bands, you know, re- like relevant, very relevant big bands in the scene when you want, if you want to talk about Neck Deep uh, or, or, yeah. or uh, you know, what Pierce the Veil had done on their last album, they, they're doing fast drums, you know, uh, double time punk rock stuff as well. Uh, yeah, of course. And, and, and they're, those bands, you know, are are killing it just as much now as they ever ever were. Um, so, so I think it makes sense. Um, is is this something that you guys it just kind of came out when you were writing, or is it something you you actually discussed? Well, I think when we did Distant, everyone was super happy. That was going to be part of your first record you ever do, and and it did well. Like we got the attention that we wanted, you know, from like a newer band, especially from Canada. Like you know how it is. Like it's it's weird. Like at first because you know, Canadian stuff. It's, I mean, I, th- I find that like a lot of American bands, like, like Americans follow American bands. It can, it's hard to kind of break out of Canada. So when we did the first record, it was like very, very cool and very insane for us. But it, it just, in my head, it, it like, it was like, Oh fuck, like this is sick. But I feel like I wanted it to be like, you know, this way or that way, or I wanted more of this. And so when we did the record, I had, we had these ideas in mind and I brought it up to Luke and Greg and they were like, like our guitar players and they were yeah. like yeah like fuck like that's what we want to do like why don't we just do it and then everyone was like yeah like, i don't know why you didn't do that in the first place and we're like all right fuck, let's do it whatever there you go there you go and who did you uh work with on this record uh we did pre-pro and some producing with alan day from four year 
Okay, and uh, and we uh, recorded with Derek Hoffman, and uh, it was fucking. I love Derek, so it was amazing. It was cool as fuck. I didn't even and, know uh, you worked with Derek because Derek did yeah, the last record as well. Oh yeah, hell yeah. He uh he did our like one of our first EP. I think our second EP ever in like 2012. And uh, funny enough, I think this has very similar vibes, but uh, way more mature, obviously. So it's like it, it's fucking sick. Absolutely, it's cool when you when that happens. You know, like you take two. Uh, entities from you know from kids from Toronto, let's just say, and uh, and you know you're, you're starting out. You're both not professionals yet, yeah. And here you are, five six years later. You know you've you've taken different paths, but found each other again uh, to work on on your craft. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, I like, never thought that I would be like like Pacific would be signed to a fucking record label of like you know any size anywhere, especially Pure Noise, which is like insane, and then. To like go back to Derek, who we went with for like our fucking EP we wrote in 2012, and I was probably like, "All right, this isn't going to do anything, and we're just going to do this for fun because I want to play sneaky D's and drink Pilsner for free or something." You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, now, now, now I'm drinking PBR, which is fucking sick. So oh, like, you, you know, moved up in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pilsner's like 205 at the store, and and uh, and PBR is like, 215, yeah, like I think. Oh, yeah, is it up to 215 yeah. now? Okay. Well, I don't know what's next. Maybe some Ciroc or maybe some Fax Extra Strong. Who knows? Sky's the limit, my friend. <laughs> I'm. Uh, <laughs> what am I looking at right now? I'm looking at three bottles of sweet red vermouth and uh, a lamp that's broken. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting up there. Yeah, I'm getting up there for sure. Uh, oh, that's funny, man. So I, I want to go back and I want to talk about the early days of, of your life. Um, you know, one thing everybody knows about you, especially if they follow you on Twitter, uh, is that you're openly gay. Yeah, uh, and something that you've you, you don't shy away from talking about. Um, and, and it's 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 just something that is unique, you know, in this world, uh, not unheard of, but unique. So, uh, what was it like growing up for you? You know, your early life what was your upbringing like with your uh, with your parents, and and how did you kind of find music? Uh, I mean, I grew up on like the Pickering Scarborough border, kind of. And uh, I was born in Scarborough, actually. Oh, where Scarborough General? Scarborough Centenary. Oh, uh, I was Scarborough General. So I mean, you, we can just hang out now, and not do this fucking interview. No, I'm joking now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was born in like I was born in Scarborough, uh, raised in like Pickering. And yeah, I mean, we. I have two older brothers. My older brother, when we were younger, was really into skateboarding. My other brother, kind of like the middle brother, was kind of like I'm the baby of the family. So. My brother Brandon was really into skateboarding, and my middle brother Rory kind of followed on and kind of like did the same kind of thing, but kind of did his own thing at the same time. Like, I said, like he didn't really follow the exact same things my older brother did, but like he was definitely influenced by him. So my brother grew up listening to like Nirvana and like Foo Fighters and shit. Because my brother's thirty six, I think. Okay, um, I don't, I don't remember honestly. Uh, and he, uh, yeah, he uh, just. Uh, like, he liked really cool music growing up. So, like, my middle brother, what he didn't take from my older brother, I took. I was kind of like, all right, my fucking, you know, 13-year-old brother is super cool, has super cool friends and skateboarding all the time. Like, I'm just going to do that. So, I think that I got really into, like, alternative, like, in punk and, you know, anything that really went well to skateboard videos and, like, 411 VM videos. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, we did that. I did that, you know, until I was, like, fucking 16. I had a really weird phase growing up, though, because I think when I was younger, like, obviously, like, you listen to anything that's on the radio, so I think I... Because, like, that's... I mean, especially then, that's all I really had. So it was just, like, a lot of Nirvana and 
fuck, I don't know, probably like some shitty band, like three, three doors down or something. Who knows? Um, but you know, I went through this weird punk phase where it was like just a lot of like Jersey and like rancid Jersey, and nice generation. I love Jersey. Uh, it was like Jersey rancid, like Lars Fredrickson, the bastard and stuff like that. And then the bouncing souls. And I was, it's funny. Cause like, I liked all this music when I was like 10, 11. And it was super weird. Cause like all like my brother's older friends would be like, why the hell do you listen to this? Like that you're 10 years old. Like you should be listening to like, I don't know fucking kids bop or something but <laughs> but then i got a little older and like my cousin who was two years older than me took me to warp tour and i saw bands like anti-flag and, and like i said bouncing souls and like <laughs> i had this weird ska thing for a minute where i really liked leftover crack and choking victim nice but dude didn't like the ska stuff that much so i'd skip the ska parts and go straight to the really shitty gritty terribly recorded punk stuff but uh but yeah it was just you know i got kind of it was weird. Like, I think I just like had a lot of older friends cause my brother and like skateboarding at the skate park and they, I kind of took influence from them and like from there, like even in grade nine, I found out what like straight edge was and, and I'm, I'm not straight edge by any means, but at the time I was like, what the hell is fucking straight edge? Why is this guy wearing a hate breed shirt? Why is this other guy wearing a straight edge shirt, like drug free shirt? And like, and kind of got into hardcore from there a little bit, kind of dibble dabble. And then, uh, my friend Jake Jones, who actually works with, uh, fucking Bill at Bellwoods. Oh yeah. He, uh, yeah. He was really into terror when we were in grade nine, and he was like, "You gotta stop listening to that ska stuff. It's garbage. It's garbage. You gotta listen to Walls of Jericho and Terror and First Blood and all these <laughs> bands." And I was like, kind of not really into it. Like, I entertained him. And I kind of liked certain songs. Like, he really liked this band called Kids Like Us, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, this band is so sick because it was more on the punk side, which I was used right, to, not like, right. really the metallic side. And yeah, he just like really got me into them. And I think from there it spawned into me liking, like I still liked everything else, but I, 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 I would go through phases and stuff like that. But I, I mean, like I think still to this day, like I really like hardcore still. And I, I like a lot of older punk stuff and newer punk stuff even. So I feel like my music taste just gets better and better, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. I mean, I think, I think a lot of people that are in, you know, whatever you want to call it, the scene, uh, have the same story, you know, and I'm the same way. I love, I love hardcore and punk rock. And yes, I did like, I did listen to some ska for a minute too, I guess. Um, and, and we have the same kind of story. So, uh, your parents were together when you're growing up. Um, it was kind of like a, like a standard sort of typical nuclear family. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, they were, my mom was an art teacher and photography teacher. So she like had that and my dad worked for Universal uh, Music when I was growing up. But oh, then wow. he, he was a consultant for them, and he left. He, my dad got really sick when I was like, fuck, I want to say like nine, nine or ten. He got diabetes, and he had a lot, he had neuropathy and like a bunch of pain and stuff. My dad would kind of drink away the pain because he didn't want to deal with it. It was really fucked up. So like I had a really weird thing with my dad growing up just because like I always loved him, and, and I still do, but it's just one of those things where – I like couldn't handle him being sick. So I kind of just like didn't talk about it ever. And it was, right. it was weird. Cause he's still sick, like really, really sick to this day. You know what I mean? Like my parents moved to Belleville and like, and shit like that. Like just to like get a, like a house with like an ensuite bedroom and stuff like that. So they could, you know, it'd be easy for him to like, you know, walk in and out with a walker and shit like that. So like, I feel like I didn't have an outlet to talk about any of that kind of stuff because I just didn't want to seem like, you know, you know, like, oh, I'm fucking like a sissy or some shit, you know, like some dumb right. shit. <laughs> Didn't want to, like, talk about it, about your feelings and stuff. So I feel like when Like Pacific started, I kind of, like, 
I, I the first EP we did with Pure Nose is actually a lot of it was about my dad and and me living with my parents. And since my dad got really sick and it was like basically single income with my mom, like she uh, she if she ever listens to this, she's gonna fucking hate me for talking about this out loud. But we you know we got the house foreclosed on and like they had to move my grandmother for a bit. So we lived with my grandmother for a while. So my parents got their bearings. It was just like, you know, we had a really, I had a fucking decent life growing up. And then I think once I got a little older, I was like 19 ish, like, you know, like my dad's health took a turn for the worse. And then just like, you know, we had to take some steps back to go forward. And I feel like right. a lot of influence that influenced a lot of like Pacific's music, you know, even to now, like even on the new record and stuff too. So yeah, I mean, for the, yeah, average upbringing. I, you know what I mean? Like it was fucking, it was right, whatever. Not, no, <laughs> not not that average. It's still difficult. Um, and uh, obviously, like you know, being gay, or I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know how you like to call yourself. You know, these yeah. days there's so many Please, different. Yeah, just just. Yeah, just just gay. Like, yeah, that's. <laughs> I don't know if we could laugh about just, it. Just, I'm just like, fucking gay. Because you know, somebody's like, "Well, I'm queer," but because I, I, you know, as a as a heterosexual white male, I feel like I'm just the person that shouldn't be deciding what people want to call themselves. You know. I respect that. I think that's sick. Um, so. <laughs> but no, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like. I, I don't shy away from the word queer or anything like that. Um, right, right. But like, I'm yeah, I'm definitely just like I'm just gay. You know, that's. That's how it is. <laughs> so this must be something that you've always known growing up. Um, I think I, I think I knew since I was probably like five or six, but I just didn't tell anyone till I was seventeen, eight, almost eighteen. I think. No wait, how old was I? Fuck. I think it was just like a month before my eighteenth birthday. I told people because I was like the last year of high school, right? And I was like, there was like three months left, and I was like, all right, I don't really care anymore. And half these friends are very disposable. Um, so I'm just going to not hide it anymore, but I didn't, I don't think I really struggled with it. I think I just had, I like, I have terrible ADHD. So I think I just like repressed it somewhere weird and just literally focused on music. Like I played drums for a long time and always had like little bands that would like play little parties and stuff like that every once in a while. And I just would skateboard all the time. So I feel like I just didn't think about my own sexuality ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, think I, I guess just, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just kind of can can kind of push it away. I guess if you, because you know, I guess it's hard when you're that age and everyone's saying like making jokes about being gay or or whatever, calling people you know the the f word, you, you know, like these things like people just throw around when you're kids. Uh, you know, I can't imagine being on the other side of that. It must just be a difficult thing. Maybe it's just something that you just end up being like, well, whatever. You know, you just kind I of think, push it away. I don't know. I think it was one of those things where, like, it was just a normal thing to be from a small town to be like, oh, like, I gotta, I fucking, I gotta do my, uh, my algebra test tomorrow. That's so fucking gay. Or like, wow. Right, like, right, of course. Yeah. Oh, my teacher who's completely straight, married to a man, she's a, she's a fucking fag because she, you know, won't let me, won't let me cut class early to go to ski club or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, but I feel like that was like a normal thing, like any small fucking town there is, right? People are just ignorant and say dumbass shit. But I think I, I didn't hold it in because I was like, well, oh, that word hurts me or something. Like that. It was just more like, I just didn't, I didn't, I never thought it was like, I didn't even, like I knew, I think I knew I was gay since I was like five or six, but really when I was like 13, I was like, okay, like why the fuck is my gym teacher hot? I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is weird as shit, but I just like didn't think about it. You know what I mean? Like I pretended to be straight all through high school. Like I didn't like 
you know, like it just was like whatever. I just like I dated a couple girls here and there. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I was just like really gay for skateboarding or something because that's all I did in high school. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. <laughs> gay for skateboarding. I don't know. That's what it was. It's, uh, it's pretty uh, psycho No, man. Well, it's, I mean, it sounds like it's something that, you know, you've, you've definitely come to terms with. And, and I think you've been pretty much accepted. I'm sure you've had some issues uh, and, and some, some ignorant people over the, over the course of, you know, your journey. I think outside of the band, I haven't had much. I um, I mean, there's certain things that like I can say that some people won't agree with. Like, no, you're just overthinking that. But I think, I think like with my Instagram name being Hot Gay Daddy, people are probably like, I'm not gonna follow that because like that's just fucking weird. <laughs> or, or like I, because because I am gay and I'm a singer of a band, like maybe like some people who are just fucking ignorant don't want to listen to us because not because they don't want to support me, but they're just like. They don't understand that, like, I'm singing, they think I'm singing about, like, I don't know, dicks all day or something. So I'm just like, okay, that's so weird to me. But I feel like sometimes, like, we get called underrated a lot on the internet. Like, like it's like very underrated, like, what the fuck, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Like, and, I mean, this is probably one of those things where my friends say you're overthinking, but I, I, a lot of the times I think it has to do with, like, my sexuality. I think people just don't want to, like, you know, dive into that. You know what I mean? They don't want to. I don't know. They're just, they can't relate. So like, whatever. But then I do get a lot of people like that. It doesn't even, I don't even give a shit about them. I don't need them on my side. Cause it's like, I have so many queer kids that like DM me on Instagram and are just like going through shit or like, just like tell me that I fucking saved their life in some way. And that's sick. Like, I don't give a shit about the rest of it. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like you either like my band for the music and you like me or you don't like, but if you do like me and you appreciate me and like, like, I don't think I'm a, like a, a life changer by any means, but to some people, I apparently am, and I think that's fucking right. sick. But like, regardless if the bad outweighed the good, like the fucking you know the good's great. So fucking no, absolutely a lot there to kind of ask you about. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, and I don't know if if I guess you would know better than anyone if you think that that you know people don't listen to your band because of your sexuality. If you don't get opportunities because of your sexuality. I'd I don't like know about opportunities. Think, yeah, I I'd think, like to think that's not the case, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna say opportunity at all. I think that if anything, it's like a greater opportunity. But I've I've seen like comments on the internet, just like I never like to look at the comments on the internet. I think they're fucked. But uh, I've seen somewhere just like didn't know the guy was gay. Like can't relate. Like you know what I mean? Or like just like hmm. and then people are like oh he's gay, and so we go what does that have to do with the music? And they go. I don't know. I'm just fucking, you know, people like, I'm just saying, so it's like, it's like, no, really. I don't know. I just have a weird feeling in my head that maybe it's just like, not, I don't know. There's, I don't know if you're fucking straight and you don't have any gay, I feel like if you don't have any gay friends or gay influences, it doesn't really, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to dive into that world and, or like understand it. And like, to me, that's fine. Cause like, I don't care, but it's just like, I, I don't know where I'm really going with this. I kind of just see it and I'm like, ah, uh, maybe I'm overthinking it, but no, I think it's, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, especially in certain, you know, areas where we're luckily lucky enough to grow up in a, in an area that I think is pretty open-minded to these sorts oh, yeah. of things. Um, I, I think for the most part, I mean, you know, I, you said that you grew up in a small town, but it's still, it is a, a major suburb of a major city. Um, you know, but if you're from the backwoods of, of the South in the United States, 
you know, and and you've heard all the things and, and you know what I mean? I think that that would be a lot harder for somebody to yeah, um, of course. Uh, except, like, and, and not even not even be, because in their own head, just because some of the bullshit they've been fed their whole life, you know, yeah. and they're not gay. So, uh, you know, for them, it, it can be, they just don't want people to think something about them or it's not cool because people are so insecure, you know? Exactly. I think that my journey with my sexuality was, it. I mean, it was a little bit hard. Like, I lost a couple friends here and there, but nothing like, it was like, abrasive in my face like you're gay like i'm not fucking hanging out with you or anything like that it was just more like we would drift apart because i was like i'm gonna go you know hang out like-minded people or just like you know do whatever and kind of shit like that so my you know my journey isn't as hard as some people have it like i i'm pretty i'm pretty fucking privileged and pretty lucky but i you know I, I did go through some shit where it's like because i had come out and even though i was out and i had told people like i didn't like talking about it like it was just like don't want to talk about it don't bring it up I got super depressed and I was like in and out of the fucking doctor. Cause I was like, well, like I just don't want to be alive anymore. Like this is fucked up. Even though I had already come out about it. So I was like, right. But I feel like I just was like, fuck. I did, like now everyone knows this personal information about me and it's super weird. And, and it just like, kind of like just threw me in a weird direction in life. And I feel like I just cut off a lot of friends and I was very angry. So like, yeah, I did have a weird experience with it and it was kind of messed up, but like, God, so many people have had way more fucked up things. Like, my parents are accepting of it, you know? Right, right. And, and your brothers so, are too? Yeah, my brothers are too. Like, me and my brothers aren't super close. Like, the age gap, eight and six years older yeah, than me. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, they, like, they get it. And they, you know, they've, like, they've met my partner now. Like, they've come over to my brother's house for dinner and stuff like that. And they, like, make jokes. And, like, they roast each other and shit. So, it's, like, cool, like, to see that, you know? But I think that... You know, it's not one of those things we talk about. Like, it's like not like the fucking center of conversation all the time. Like, right, of course not. Like, of course what, not. what, what gay ass shit did you do today, Jordan? Like, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> of course not. Um, no, absolutely. Another thing about your about your band too is you've gotten some great opportunities for sure. Um, you know, like you did some warp tour dates before. Uh, you've yep. gotten gotten some on some support uh, slots and done some stuff over overseas. But I do feel like, in general, you guys are a bit under-toured. I think you guys don't do as much touring as a lot of bands, you know, uh, when they put out their first album. Do you agree with me, or do you disagree? I think that we did... Um, I I kind of agree. I think we did a lot of big tours, like lengthy tours. Yeah. But not a lot of touring in general. I was like, you know, on our resume, it'd be like, we'd have four tours that year, Right. But they're all like so long. Like you'd be like <laughs> the the AP tour we did with uh, Neck Deep, State Champs, and Knuckle Puck. That was a long tour. And then we had a couple shows at home. And then we did Warp Tour, and that's a long tour. And then we had a Fall Headliner, and that was a long tour. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's it's these ones that are like you know typical tour, like thirty days or less kind of thing. That you know that's like an average, I guess. But like we were having like double that. You know what I mean? Especially like having to like do routing dates home and stuff like that. So I find that yeah, like I I mean I agree and I disagree. It's like we've we've toured we toured some pretty fucking cool big tours, but they weren't yeah, it's not like we're touring every other second. Like I'm not Brendan Murphy, like, oh I'm in Australia, oh I'm going to fly to Los Angeles and play this and then fly somewhere else the next day and I'm in ten different countries in thirteen days, you know? So right. but I mean it's you know, it's the beginning. So 
hopefully, you know, the next record puts us on the map more and we get to be away from home more, you know? That's right. Lake Pacific 2018. That's a hashtag or something, right? That's like, this is a thing. Um, Yeah, I think you guys have the, definitely have the song so far on the record and, and um, it's an exciting time for your band for sure. Uh, What are you, do you have touring plans? Because I see you guys are doing a bunch of stuff with Seaway out in Eastern Canada, which will be fun. Yep. We have a East Coast tour with Seaway uh, in a couple weeks, in about three weeks. And then I have some more stuff. I just can't talk about it right now. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, uh, that's also, yeah, another thing I like. I feel like we get a lot of tours like way in advance. And then people are like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And I'm just like, I can't tell you because <laughs> I just can't get my ass kicked by Brad Wiseman. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff for the rest of the year with the album, like some cool shit even. So, you know, that's all. I'm, I'm not going to even give any hints just because I don't want it. I'm just like, nah. 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 I'm good. Uh, no, man. Uh, that's, that's great. It's just, this is awesome. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, so you, you say that the first record was a lot about your, your dad, about some of your upbringing and stuff. Um, what would you say is the overall theme on this new record in spite of me? Um, in spite of me is, okay, well, I, I can summarize it this way. The first EP we did to Pyrrhus was about my, my dad and like upbringing stuff and like just being at home and being unhappy. And then distant was about some failed relationships I went through and just like some really messed up friendships that didn't make any sense. And like, I have no idea why to this day, like I put myself in that stupid situation, but, uh, the new record has to do a lot more on the angry side of love, like as in distant was like a poor me like you know what i mean like i'm sorry and in spite of me it's kind of like a i i don't have any feelings towards you at all you know what i mean like it's it's just like and and i'm gonna yell about it as opposed to cry about it you know sure so i think that it has an overall more aggressive tone i think that uh yeah just got a couple ex-boyfriends and they kind of (laughs) sucked Well, yeah, I mean, exes can be the worst, and uh, believe me, I, I know this well. Um, so your <laughs> vocals, too, on the new stuff, there's, you know, you, you mentioned how you were, you know, doing a lot of singing, and it was kind of more poppy, and then live, you would bring in more of uh, aggressive vocals and some screaming, and there are some straight-up screaming on this, um, on those two tracks, a little bit here and there. Uh, is that something you've done a lot of? Uh, something there's more of on the record. Um, how do you feel about that, technique-wise? There, there is more of that on the record for sure. Um, that's the route I kind of wanted to go. And I, like I said, like you know, I've always liked like I like I think I like all music, and I love when bands go in poppy directions. I love when bands go in like way different directions. You know what I mean? Like like a band like Turnover, they're a pop punk band, and now they're like and an alternative rock like shoegazy like band. You know what I mean? So and, I mean. I respect all genres of music. I think that for us, it was just one of those things where I didn't want to do the pop thing. It just didn't feel like it was me. And so I was like, I live, I tend to yell more and like sometimes will scream certain parts. And 
people would be like, oh, like, that was sick. Like, I loved that. And they would tell me at, like, the merch booth and stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's, that's nice to hear because, like, that's what I want to do, you know? So we kept that in mind for the new record. And I brought, I remember just bringing it up to the guys. We did pre-pro and uh, Alan's, uh, Alan and Mike Harmon's studio outside of Boston. And I had been like, oh, like, so the vocals for this, like, it's going to be like this. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously right. when you're doing scratch tracks, like the guitar isn't usually heavy or anything like that. You know what I mean? There's no like distortion on it. You're just, you're writing. So they're like, yeah, of course. And they, it sounded a little weird, but they were like, we trust you. We know what you want to do. And so like, I feel like I kind of get like a lot of liberties in that way. Like I just be like, do whatever I want, like vocally. Cause they trust me. I don't have to like need any help with like lyrical stuff. Like I also hate that. Like I'm really like, I'm just like, nah, I, I don't think I'd sing someone else's lyrics, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, of course. I mean, like even if someone were like to help with a word, I'd get like defensive. Like, no. <laughs> oh, really? So, so you're really like my way or the highway with your lyrics? Yeah, Derek. Derek did obviously like with some phrasing and stuff like that. Like, obviously, help. You can take the help that you can get. Like, obviously, you're not gonna say something that's like not grammatically correct or like doesn't make sense. Like, that would be fucked. Right. So, obviously, like there's that. But I mean, like if you know, if something I'm trying to say gets, doesn't get the message across and there's a certain words here and there that can help like fix it. Like, yeah, of course, why not? I mean, that's, this is what I want to do. But for the most part, like, I don't like, like anyone taking, you know, it's like, I think I'm the guy who writes the lyrics like, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> this is all I have. Okay. Please give it to this me. Is don't. <laughs> this is all I have, man. Well, it's funny, you know, Derek produced our last record, as I mentioned, and he was the most hands-on uh, producer I've ever worked with. He 100% and, is. And I've done a lot of records. He is very much like, he didn't, there wasn't a lot of trust. For 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 a guy like me who had done seven records before, and all of them were pretty good, to, you know, not to toot my own horn, <laughs> I was surprised how when he when he would say, okay, well, like, here's the music, and I'm just kind of, yeah, I kind of am going to put the vocals here, and, you know, and he's like, well, what are you going to sing? Like, what are you going to, what are, what are the, what's the melody? What's the melody? What are the lyrics? I'm like, well, you know, I'm working on it. And he's like, no, no, no. I need like I need to hear it now. Like, you need to write this and finish this and show me what this is gonna be. And I was like, okay, like no one's really pushed me to do that the way that Derek did. So uh, I'm surprised you had that level of trust. <laughs> no, no, I mean like for lyrics, yes. Like oh, for lyrics, yes. For lyrics, for sure. Like melodies were like all him. Like for sure. All like you know, obviously not all him. Like we come to an agreement. Like yeah, that sounds good. Like, but he he's a fucking genius. So he'd be like, "All right, we're doing this, and you're gonna sing this." We sing and go. You know what? Actually, can you sing it higher? Let's do it higher. Or like, you know what? Give it a yell. Like you like to yell, so let's give it the yell. And we do that. <laughs> and we come back to what we want to do. And like, obviously, like he's a he's like I said, he's a genius. So like that was that was different. You know what I mean? For, I think for lyrics, like it was just like maybe he changed up a word or two, or like yeah, he definitely put a line in. You know what I mean? He helped me with stuff like like you said like. He's producing, like, and I think he's amazing. So, like, why? You know what I mean? And I'm not gonna like lie. I'm like, nope, I did everything. Like, you didn't do a single thing. Like, I'm the I'm the fucking man. Like, no, obviously, of course, like he helped. So, yeah, it's just one of those things, though, where I just think with lyrics, like, I hate, like, it, that's my thing. You know, like, I I don't like if I'm never gonna let someone put a line in one of our songs unless it's like just to like fix it, like like change, you know, grammatically or like to make sure it makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I... Because cause obviously I've talked to over 100 different lead singers on this podcast and everybody has different approaches with that. I've talked to lead singers that don't write any of their own lyrics. You know, somebody yeah. else in the band writes it. And then obviously your approach is, is one that's t- 
totally understandable as well. Uh, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I think I think like there's times when someone else can write something, you know, whether it's over my music or whether it's over their music or whatever, and I can s- take something out of it when I'm singing it. The same way that like as a music fan, I can hear a song and I can love lyrics, not necessarily for the same reason that the person that wrote them you know, loves them yeah. or, or what they really mean to that, to the writer. But to me, I just, as someone expressing them, I feel like I can still give it my own meaning. So I guess you just don't feel that way. Yeah. I just think that when I write things down, like, like Derek rearranged a lot of my lyrics. So like a lot of the stuff I wrote down was kind of like, I don't want to say poetry because I'm not a fucking poet at all. So, but it, it was in a styling where I would just like, would write it down on my phone, you know? And, I'd have it like I was like, "This is the lyrics to this song. They all they're all about the same subject." And then he would rearrange them. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like he was putting words in my mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but he he would definitely like make sure that it all made sense and and was rearranged. Like he, like I said, he's a fucking genius. So like certain things, I was like, "All right, like this pre-course needs to be this." And Derek's like, "No, this should literally be the pre-course." And then I didn't sing it. I'm like, "Oh my god, you're so right. Why am I so dumb and didn't listen to you?" Right. No. So, no, he was something, man, working with him. Like he would, yeah, he just, it's like he knows the answers before you've even asked the question. Like, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. He, he's just like, he already foresees where everything is going to go. And, and it's like he's, it's like when, you know, when those like chess pros play chess and they're already like, they already know they're going to beat you in like five moves. He's just yeah. got that that to him, and, and he, you know, I'd be playing guitar in the studio and like working on like a lead part or something, and I'd just be like, I'd have like an idea in my head, but I hadn't quite like played it yet, and Derek <clears> would just grab the guitar for me and play exactly what was in my head. Yeah, as he did that with like, he did that with like Luke and Greg, like when we'd have like leads and like Luke would work and stuff. He'd be like, "That's cool," and then like he'd like take the guitar and like do it, and people would be like, "Holy shit!" Like that's it. You know what I mean? Like. And then Luke would be like, oh, yeah, you're exactly what I was trying to play, but I couldn't figure out, like, you did, you nailed it on the head, you know? Like, he's a great producer. It's it's wild to me. And I, I expect really big things from him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I hope he branches out. You know, he's working, he's working with, like, like that, and these pop artists from Toronto and stuff, and they're getting a lot of traction, and it's really good, and it's, like, really nice to have him as a name behind those these people because I find that, you know, I just want, I want him to to blow up i need derek to be fucking huge because i just i don't know i love working with him it was great i think that he's also like he knows when to have fun and he also <laughs> knows when to he also knows when to be serious you know like he can he can cut off the fun and be like but like not in like a dick way you know what i mean no, he's like sure. all right stop fucking laughing making jokes like let's go he's like all right you know sure. he's like he he's there to help you so like and you know what i mean like and you're paying him money so like might as well listen to him so and i think that I think that like it just we worked super well with him. Absolutely. Did you guys record the drums last? Uh, did we record the drums last? I can't remember right now. Uh, no, we did them first. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I actually don't. It was a fucking year ago. I don't even. Oh, is it really a year ago? This record's been sitting around that long. The record's been sitting around for like eight months now. Wow. Yeah, it's July, so it's been sitting around since like. October or November. What's the reason for the the delay on the release? Uh, honestly, I'm not even sure. I think we just were. Well, I mean, the, like you know, obviously, like every band has like a two year thing, right? So yeah, yeah. 
so, so you know, our record doesn't came out like February 2016, and so this came out July 2018. So it's still like a two year thing, you know, just yeah. like a it could have come out at any time. I think that it did come out a little later than I expected. I thought it was gonna come out in like March or something, but then, um, you know, I'm kind of glad it didn't because then like, like I said, with being the whole like maybe like being that whole underrated band, like I don't want to get swept under the rug from like you know stories new songs or like state champs new record and shit like that you know what i mean so like it's kind of nice to no, absolutely get around. And, and hopefully you guys don't continue to be too underrated uh it's nice to be under the radar a little bit but you also want to get some recognition and have some people at your shows and sell some t-shirts uh, i mean yeah like we stuff. it's wild because like uh like in a lot of cities like in the states especially in the, in the uk even yeah like we'll play we'll play shows and like they fucking do like super well. And the crowd was fucking crazy. I'm like, Oh my God, this is like everything I wanted. And like we do well in merch, but then it's just like, you know, the views are like the, the downloads or like the listens and stuff like that on the internet, the streaming and shit. It's like not as much. I'm like, Holy shit. You know, and it's weird. I can't explain it. It doesn't like add up in my head, but I mean, hopefully this next record is like just wild for us. And dude, fuck the numbers, man. Who cares? I only, I only, I only care. Like, I'm not like a suit about or anything. Like, I only care because I just want to see something. I put so much money and effort in, like, emotion into. Like, I want to see it thrive. I want to see it like get big. I feel like so. I think, like I said, like I overthink a lot of shit. So I feel like I overthink, and I'm like looking at the shit, like, oh fuck, like, yeah, Spider Me's only got like fifteen thousand views on YouTube. This is wild. It's been like a week. Like Jesus Christ. But then again, it's like that's not how it goes you know like just how and just that's just how it happens no man don't don't look at the numbers don't look at the comments just keep kicking ass with the tunes dude it's uh it's really good uh it's really good i'm proud to call you a friend my friend and uh thank uh, you i appreciate you know everything you do uh what'd you think of paramore the other night we we were there together that was absolutely sick like wasn't it though oh my god it was fucking like that's like the third time I think I've seen Paramore at the Budweiser stage. Oh wow, I was, really? I think it was like this. Yeah, second or third time that. I think. Yeah. But uh, I I was I was at work and my friend Henry was like, "We're gonna hang out tonight and go drink some beers." And I was like, "Hey, I got two free tickets." Like Tay, our drummer, like gave me two free tickets, and I was like, "Let's go." And he's like, "Absolutely not!" Like I don't want to go. I'm like, "You don't want to go see Paramore?" And he's like, "No, I just don't want to pay thirteen fifty for a beer." And I'm like. We're getting in for free. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, okay, yeah, let's go. And we went. And we were like, got fucking wasted. And like, we're dancing up on the thing, like just being dumbasses. It was great. It was so sick. And they were so good live. You know, it's funny you say you've seen them three times, like in the big, you know, amphitheater. Uh, I've I haven't seen them play since, like, I think before Riot came out. No way. Yeah, like I, I think I saw them play. We did like this, uh, it was like really weird. It was this weird festival in, I want to say it was in like Arizona and the Smashing Pumpkins headlined and this was like 2007 and I think that's the last time I saw them play. Uh, so obviously they've come a long way and it was like crazy just to see what a, like what a band they are, you know, just all encompassing, just like rock band. It was I remember just them just being like sort of like an yeah. emo punk kind of band, right? And they were great back then too. I mean, but it was it was crazy to see just th- those 
those songs from from Riot and and uh, well, mostly Riot because that's the record that that was the one I knew from that from those days, I guess. Uh, but not even actually, it was more the first record. But uh, see those songs translate on the big stage was like was pretty special because it really worked. It was just like crazy to go see that band do so well and play like the biggest stage in Toronto and have it packed, like fucking packed. And everyone was having a good time and like it was just like insane. It was like so cool to do that kind of shit. Because I've been to some shows there that have been like, you know, whatever. Like I'm not even going to name an artist because I'm not going to be that big of a dick. But, you know, <laughs> to go see and like and just like have half the stadium filled and being like, all right, this is, this is a good show. It wasn't like it was bad. Like they're all really sick, but... I mean, like, just to see, like, how great they were, and then, like, the crowd response, I was like, holy fuck. Oh, but it was unreal. Like, there, was, there was, like, I mean, it must have been sold out. It was packed. It was crazy. Yeah, and I also did drink, like, a shit ton of whatever that six Bud Light, I think it was. So uh, I was definitely having a good time. It was sick. <laughs> the trick of Budweiser stage, if you, if you want to get your the value for the drinking, is to drink those uh, Palm Bay uh, coolers. Why? Wait, aren't they, like, nine bucks or something? <laughs> I don't know how much they are. I just had an experience one time where uh, I drank many, many of those, and it was a great experience until the next day because the sugar yeah, that vodka is- coolers are never good the next day. I don't – like I'm not a big sugar fan. Like I don't like candy, and I don't like, like – I, mean, I don't like, hate it. I just don't like ever think about eating candy. So like <laughs> like drinking like drinking like Slurpees and shit like that, I don't do that kind of stuff. Like So I think – Drinking a Palm Bay is like really funny and like hell yeah, like, let's shotgun a Palm Bay or something stupid that's gonna hurt. But like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever like go to the bar and be like, oh, I'd like a sour puss on the rocks or like, hey, can I? Not that anyone drinks that. Uh, like, oh, can I get a Palm Bay? Like, I I just couldn't do it. And that's not like me being like like anything like oh, it's a fucking girly drink or something. It's just like I just don't drink sugar. Like I would just drink like straight vodka on ice or I drink. Like a beer, I don't know, or whiskey or something. <laughs> I'm into <laughs> it, man. It's it's all good. No, I'm mostly kidding about the palm base, but uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, man. Uh, well, dude, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. Uh, anything else to add before I let you go? Anything you want to tell the people? Yeah, I want to say that uh, real quick that like the record coming out in the summer. Like, I hope you all fucking love it. And I think the craziest thing is that. Uh, I did lead singer syndrome with Shane told who I used to cry to discovering the waterfront when I was a kid. And I think that's fucking insane. So <laughs> I think I reached, I reached my dream, you know, like if I, if this would have happened when I was like 15, not that I ever would. Like, hey, can I interview you about skateboarding? That never happened. But, uh, I think, uh, yeah, to, <laughs> to follow who's, your who's dreams, your you know, <laughs> who's your favorite skateboarder? We should, we could talk about skateboarding. We could have done who's five minutes favorite? about skateboarding. Uh, my, okay, well, like it all changes. Like it's like it's all. I think. But I don't know. Okay, favorite skateboarders right now. Sure, whatever. Austin Gillette, uh, Ben Cadell. Those are my two favorite right now. Lacey okay. Baker, fucking sick. Um, I think back in the day, my favorite skateboarder was Heath Kirchart. That was my favorite. Uh-huh. I loved America. I loved America, and I loved like Baker and bootleg and all that kind of shit. And it was, I don't know, like the grungy ass Lee Romero the guy like just I thought like skinny jeans and skateboarding was so revolutionary like everyone just wore tech shoes although it's it's all full circle now everyone just wears like baggy dickies and and like techy skateboarding right. shoes and stuff like that but like like and you know I can't even talk shit so I'm wearing that right now but um but like when like tight pants were a thing like just like black skinny jeans and like 
ripped up black shirts and long hair like that was like the sick era like the hesh era of skateboarding was fucking sick right <laughs> I, i'm way more old school than you but i remember the only guy that used to wear tight pants when i was growing up skateboarding was ed templeton sick yeah he toy was machine, like the, the full, like, toy machine uh, yeah yeah and i remember him everyone being like he's wearing like normal pants it's weird yeah. <laughs> this is fuck. He's not wearing he's not wearing Modrobe's pants. Yeah, they're not falling off his ass like where he has to pull them up while he's trying to like you know go fakey. It's like what? Well, they, they didn't. Well, they didn't have Randy River. Okay, like they didn't, they didn't just go. Get, yeah, that's like, so Canadian. There's no way Randy River is, is not. Is no, like, no one knows what Randy River is. Nobody My knows. God. That's amazing. I, I'm oh, trying to think yeah. of an American equivalent. I don't think there is one. Fuck. Um, we had all those stores like Stitches and and uh, what was the other one? The International Clothiers. Yeah, those they had like Mecca. I had yeah. a, I had a Mecca velour tracksuit. Great six. <laughs> that sounds incredible. I know my, my parents bought it for me. I was like, that didn't scream gay. I don't know what did, but they bought me that, and I wore an AFI shirt under it, which made absolutely no sense. Like it just like here's my fucking afi sing the sorrow like album t-shirt and a mecca tracksuit you know what i mean like this didn't make any sense i just i had zero style so i don't know it's a fucking dumbass <laughs> you do you man uh well dude thanks for thanks for this and uh uh yeah the the new record in spite of me is out july 27th on pure noise records pre-orders are up now head yep. over to lake pacific.com that's a nice URL to get. Congratulations on that one. I know. It's super easy. I guess because the name is so fucking wacky that it just doesn't matter. I like, guess, no one's going to think of that. Right? But get yeah. over there, pre order the record, and uh, make sure you keep listing and get those view counts up because the view counts up is what makes Jordan happy. Yeah, that make, that's the only thing keeping me alive, you know? So <laughs> I, just, I just, I need those. I need to see it. But uh, hey, thank you for letting me be on the show. I think that's fucking awesome. Of course, man. So, All the thank best. You. All the best, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Take care. See ya. See ya. There it is with my friend Jordan. Thank you, Jordan, for taking the time to do it. Great conversation. I knew we were going to talk about skateboarding a little bit. And check out their new video. He does some sick handrail tricks in that one. (laughs) And be sure to check out their new record, In Spite of Me. It is out now on Pure Noise Records. It's an awesome album from start to finish. So many bangers. And I know they'll be coming around to a city near you very shortly. Next week, I will be back with another brand new episode, and I have so many great ones to choose from that I've already recorded. So excited to bring you more podcasts. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I don't want you missing anything. And if you do like the show, feel free to write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. Check out the All Access Club. And you know what? That's about it. I'll see you guys next week. I will leave you with the tune. Here is a new one from Lake Pacific, the title track, In Spite of Me, on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. Mary to my knees, I hope you find some sort of peace in spite of me.
get in mine. Oh